You are listening to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast with Monica Louie, episode number 79. Welcome to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast, where we help online entrepreneurs grow their influence, amplify their impact, and scale their businesses all the way to seven figures. And now, here's your host, Monica Louie. Hey, hey, thank you so much for joining me for the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. I'm Monica Louie, and welcome to episode 79. I am so excited to bring you this incredible interview. My guest today is an online business coach who is passionate about helping ambitious entrepreneurs like you and me build businesses around their passion, story, or message and create multiple income streams. But before we dive into the interview, if you're new to the podcast and don't know me yet, I want to welcome you. I'm Monica Louie. I'm a Facebook and Instagram ad strategist, and I run a successful ads agency where my team and I manage ads for six and seven figure online businesses. I'm also the creator of Flourish with Facebook ads, my online training program that teaches my step-by-step system for creating campaigns that convert. My team and I have managed more than $2.5 million in ad spend and served more than 1,000 students and clients. We are in the trenches every single day, keeping a pulse on what's working now in the world of Facebook and Instagram ads. And while I absolutely love teaching about the power of Facebook and Instagram ads, the goal of this podcast is to discuss what it really takes to build a seven-figure online business. And today, we're talking about how to get paid for what you know. My guest on the show today is here to share his inspiring journey from high school teacher to becoming a blogger, author, and online business coach, and what he's learned along the way. I am so excited to have my friend Jonathan Milligan on the show. Jonathan is an author, blogger, speaker, and online business coach. He spent the last decade guiding and directing creative professionals on how to pursue meaningful work. Since 2009, Jonathan has run his own portable lifestyle business online, and today he teaches others how to build a business with their passion, story, or message. And in his brand new book, Your Message Matters, How to Rise Above the Noise and Get Paid for What You Know, he's pouring all his knowledge and experience into a simple four-step framework to help you take your message and turn it into a thriving business. He even shares his proven strategies for creating seven perpetual income streams in 12 months from just one message. And he's sharing all of this with us today in this episode. Plus, Jonathan and I will share how you can get his brand new book absolutely free. So let's get into it. But before we dive in, I want to make sure you know you can find all the links and resources that are mentioned in today's episode at monicalouie.com slash 79. That's M-O-N-I-C-A-L-O-U-I-E dot com slash the number 79. All right. Here is my interview with Jonathan Milligan from marketyourmessage.com. Hey, Jonathan, thank you so much for joining me on the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast today. I am so excited about having you here to share your story, but also just having looking forward to this conversation. So thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Monica. I'm excited. Okay, so I want to get into your story and how you got here and you're launching this book and you've got a lot of exciting things going on, but I want to, before we dive into that and the backstory of how you got here, can you just share, you know, who you are, what you do today? 
Sure. So as far as what I do today is I, I see myself as an online teacher and I get to teach with things I'm passionate about and I love it. So I, I you know, started with the blog, but even before that, I was actually a high school teacher. The challenge with that when I was, you know, back when I was a high school teacher is it wasn't the right context for me. And that was very difficult for me because I really struggled with that because both my parents were educators and I married an elementary teacher. And so being a teacher was all around me. I thought that was what I was supposed to do in life. But I went on a journey that we'll probably get into a little bit here. And I went from a high school teacher to blogging and knowing nothing to today, running an online business and helping people who I consider to be messengers, who are online communicators, learn how to get noticed in this crazy, busy online space that we have. I love it. Okay. So you were a teacher, a high school teacher. What subject did you teach? So I taught Jewish history of all things. So it was a Jewish history class. And, you know, I always had a fascination for history, always had a fascination in the in the scriptures and in the Bible. And so that was uh, an area that, you know, if I looked at them all, I was like, math, mm, that's not me. English in writing, which we'll get to in a little bit, because my teacher, my professor told me, don't pursue writing, which is kind of a funny story now that I'm publishing books and blogging. But yeah, it was a, basically I was a history teacher. Okay, cool. And so you were doing that. How long did you do that before you started thinking maybe there's another way? So I was in it for about three years and it was that pivotal, like every year the principal comes by in the spring, hands out teaching contracts. Hopefully you, you hope that they did because they didn't, you were in trouble, but hand out a teaching contract for that next year. And pushing you to make a decision, get you on the books for, you know, having you in that slot for that next school year. And I just is inside of me. I was just like, I don't know what else I'm going to be doing, but I don't know that I need to do this another year. Interesting. So, and at what stage, cause I know you've got kids married. Mm. Did you have kids at the time? I mean, what did, what did your family life look like at that time? So I was married probably about five years. We had a daughter who was two at the time, I believe, and don't remember exactly when in the timeline, but a son was on his way. So that was a, that was a tough time because as, you know, as a person who wants to provide for his family and I was wrestling with that, should I just like do what's safe and secure or am I being selfish by pursuing something else that I'm more passionate about, but I got a family to take care of? Like all of those things were, were swirling around in my mind and trying to figure out what was the right decision? What was the right path forward for me? So I can definitely relate to that because I remember when I decided that I wanted to leave my corporate job and we were starting our family, we had a little boy and a daughter on the way. And, but I wanted to, I didn't, you know, I knew that I wanted to pursue something else, but I also knew that we were comfortable with two incomes. And so I mm. felt very vulnerable, you know, because of my, you know, strong desire to figure out another path that, that would bring us from two incomes down to one. So I remember like struggling with that as well. So I think that's something that maybe we don't hear a lot about, or maybe, you know, a reason why some people kind of put off pursuing their dream 
because of the safety and security, you know, mm. for longer than maybe they need to, you know, when we're looking at it on the other side. So how did you, how did you deal with that? How did you decide what would be the best path to move forward with? Well, first of all, I have an amazing wife. So she's been nothing but a cheerleader for me. And in some ways she said, you can't keep doing this teaching thing. It's just, it's just, you, there's something else out there better for you. I want you to do something else. And it was like, okay, well, she's given me permission. That's a good thing. And at the same time though, I knew as a husband, I needed to provide security for her. And sometimes it's not always the financial security. It's the knowing that I'm going to do whatever I need to do to, to take care of our family and make sure our needs are met. So for me, I knew I wanted to do something entrepreneurial, but you know, that that's such a wide open space in, in the land of being an entrepreneur. I didn't know what that you know exactly was. What was the right business for me? And so I landed a call center job at night. It was something I would work from five to 10 at night. And those, those were tough times. My, my wife would get home at 3.30 with our daughter. I'd play with her for about an, an hour, talk to my wife. And then I was headed out the door to go work until you know 10 or 11 o'clock and then repeat the process. But the reason I chose that was because I wanted to have my days open to do something entrepreneurial. Then, of course, I found myself nine months in learning everything watched every kind of video, took every kind of course. I mean, I did everything and I was taking zero action. And literally I was, I was just at this place of like, I have to go do something. I, I cannot allow this to continue. So at that point, had you decided that you were looking for something online? Is that what you were studying or were you trying to figure out even which, which avenue you would potentially pursue? So Monica, I was doing it all. I was dabbling in everything and dominating in nothing. I was dabbling in eBay, eBay business. You know, this was still back like this was 2000 and this had been 2000, when was it? In the early 2000s. So still very, very early on, but people were making money on eBay businesses. So I was selling a little bit here and there in eBay. I was flipping or ended up flipping a, a residential property. So I bought a piece of property and needed a little bit of work, fixed it up resold that property for a $12,000 profit. But the only thing it taught me was I didn't want to be in the flipping house business. It just wasn't the right fit either. Even though I was successful at it, it was like, no, this isn't it. And so I was just continuing to go on that journey and, and try to figure it out. But at least I was doing something at this point, because back when I was still at that call center, I remember telling one of my coworkers that I'm just ready to go fail at something. I mean, I literally got to that place of like, you know, it's going to be better for me if I took action and failed than to always sit and wonder and just stay here. And, you know, then I, I kind of fell into an opportunity to be an executive recruiter with a startup firm. They only had basically, it was just a founder. And he said, you know, I can give you a chance, but I can't give you a salary. So we used that $12,000 as kind of helping us survive for a couple months, hoping that I made a placement. And if you know anything about kind of the permanent recruiting industry, you basically help a company find the employee they're looking for and the company pays you a fee. Hmm. And ended up doing that for about six or seven years, which seems like a long time, but I was still growing. I was still figuring things out. It still wasn't my thing. And that's when I came across the logging, which was the game changer. 
And so how were you introduced to blogging and, and what's, what's the time frame now where, where you were introduced to blogging? So this is around 2009, 2008, 2009. And this is, if you remember our, this time in history, this is when the great recession was oh, yes. coming upon us. I mean, everybody was feeling it. And I had, you know, six or about six years at that time, maybe five or six years of experience of working with candidates. Now they were all calling me at once. Everybody, nobody had jobs. No companies had things to fill. I was on a hundred percent commission. It was a very, very tough place. And I had done well enough at that job that my wife stopped teaching after our kids started getting older. So I was the sole income also. It was a very scary place to be in. 100% commission. Your job is related to jobs being available and you're the only income provider. But during that time, I saw, I kind of saw blogging as a way to get noticed in the city, which I live in Jacksonville, Florida, and I was doing accounting and finance recruiting. I kind of saw it as a way to, to help candidates who were struggling without me having to give free advice and free coaching all day long, because I didn't get paid by the candidates. I got paid by companies. But when everybody's without a job, they're all calling me saying, Jonathan, can you give me advice on my resume? Jonathan, how do I get my foot in the door for an interview? Jonathan, you know, asking me all these questions. And so I started a blog as a way to just say, I wrote something about that. Go read this as a way to kind of politely get them off the phone. But then what I noticed was I started getting questions from people from New York and Texas and even Australia was, I remember getting an email from somebody, I read your blog post and they started inquiring. And I thought, hmm, maybe I could actually make money on this website about career coaching. And so that was kind of the humble beginnings. At that point, so you had this blog and you were realizing that you were starting to get this traffic and questions and interest. And so did you start off with the coaching? Was that your first you know, offer, first paid offer from the blog? I don't remember exactly if it was first, but it was pretty close to first because I wasn't getting paid to coach people. And so I think one of the first things I did was actually do your resume. So I think I put up there, you know, $297, I'll redo your resume for you. And it was something I knew that, you know, I could do in an hour for most people. And if you're in the recruiting world, you get really, really good with resumes. And so that was kind of the first offer. And then I thought, well, maybe I'll just put up like coaching and actually tell people, well, you know what? I do some individual one-on-one coaching. And I didn't even know at the time. I'm like, what do I charge? I didn't know. So I charged like $50 for a half hour and hundred dollars for an hour. And now I'm looking back going, I should have charged way more than that. But that was kind of the place to start. And then I put AdSense on the blog because that was kind of the, you know, a thing that was really popular back then. A lot of people were doing is is earning some passive income with AdSense. And then I was just getting introduced to affiliate marketing and figuring out what that was. But the coaching and the resumes was still trading time for dollars. And so that made my life busy because I was still working all day, trying to blog. And then I was doing the coaching and the resume services at night and at the and on the weekends just to try to, you know, pay the mortgage and keep the lights on and keep things going. So that's kind of where it started. Now, a game changer for me was my first online course and then getting into affiliate marketing where things started to go beyond just me trading time for dollars. 
Okay. So then what did that pivot look like? Which one did you focus on first? You said that you had started to add in a little bit of affiliate marketing. So did you really focus on that and then the course or did they happen at the same time? What did that look like? I really started digging into the online course because I saw that as an opportunity to, to package my knowledge and not invest so much one-on-one time, but I still wasn't sure if it was going to work. So this is what I did. I actually created, it was a 16 week course called Job Search Mastermind. And the goal was, you know, every week for 16 weeks, you're going to get a couple of training videos from me with like the next step. And it would start from putting a resume together all the way to negotiating a salary. So I, I mapped out the 16 weeks, but I was afraid that I was going to go create this thing is going to take me months to create, come out of the cave and, and no one wants it, right? It's that fear that we all have. So I created like, I only recorded like the first four or five weeks of videos. And then I just put it out there in my blog and said, hey, this, and I tried to do kind of a launch uh, of sorts. And I said, hey, this new course is now available. You'll get one per week, one lesson per week with an action step for the week. And the goal is within 16 weeks to get a better job and be able to negotiate your salary. And I used PayPal. And then I was surprised because over that weekend, I, I launched it on a Friday. And by Monday, I'd actually sold 15. I couldn't believe it. Uh, I remember going to my wife and saying, you know what? This blogging thing, I think could be a real thing. You know, it wasn't enough to like quit the, the day job yet. We were still trying to like barely get along with a placement every once in a while, but it was getting, it was getting closer to like, okay, you know, if we keep ramping this up, it could definitely be a real thing. So what was the price point of the course? So the price point was actually $97. So it wasn't a lot, like I said, probably should have charged more, but this is 2010. So online courses were still kind of a newerish, newish thing, but you know, fifteen hundred dollars in your PayPal over the weekend. And then the cool thing, Monica, was we started seeing people buy it at different times. As I would, you know, I'd be working all day on the phone all day long at the recruiting firm, and then I would come home and see, oh wow, I made a couple sales on my PayPal, or I'd wake up from you know, the next morning and see, oh, wow, in the middle of the night, I sold another course. And then of course, started adding in affiliate income. And, and, you know, at first I thought there's no, there's no affiliate come opportunities for accounting and finance professionals. And that's only in internet marketing. But the more I started digging around and started finding out all kinds of cool affiliate marketing opportunities. And that's when I started implementing those into my blog. And all that being said, by 2011, so about two, two and a half years into the blog is when I walked away from the recruiting job and started doing this full time and have been doing online business since then. Very cool. That's a great story. That Congratulations. So it, it took some time for you to kind of figure out your path. But it sounds like you kind of were, you know, as things started to gain traction, you started to kind of follow the breadcrumbs mm. of what was, what was actually working. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and just being open. And that's what I tell people that I work with now is like, you need to stay open because there could be so many great opportunities. For example, for CPAs, they have to keep up their, their education credentials, well, I started looking around and finding out that there were people starting to do online education credentials that could count and they had affiliate programs. So literally I could like make these classes, these, you know, advanced Excel classes or whatever they were available 
to my list to help them keep up their CPA certifications and earn commissions off of that. I discovered that you could do an affiliate marketing with a, a job board. So I attached a job board to my website showing my audience accounting and finance jobs that were available. And it was kind of like AdSense. As people searched and clicked on job listings, I actually got paid per click and got paid every single month for having a job search board on my website. And so, you know, little by little, there was just so many different, I think from what I remember, I had over 12 different income streams coming in when I decided to go full-time from that little career coaching blog for accounting professionals. So I really like that you mentioned that. And 12 different income streams. Did you ever, did you, did you set that up intentionally? And did you struggle with, if I go it all in on one, I'll really hit it big. Or did you set up the diversification intentionally? What was, what was your thought process there? So if I can remember, I, I think in the beginning, it was, what are the different ways that I can earn money and just being open And then about that time too, AdSense started getting really, really popular. Like it was a craze. People were putting up niche ads, you know, AdSense sites and just really going all in with AdSense. And uh, the Google search engine was a little bit easier to figure out than it is today. So it was a lot easier to just know exactly what you need to do SEO wise to rank in a lot of easy to rank keywords. And the reason I bring that up is because I started getting tempted to like, just go all in with AdSense and remove anything on your blog that's not AdSense. Like don't even collect email addresses because mm. you're, you're losing you know, opportunities for AdSense. And I was hearing all this stuff from friends of mine. And then almost overnight, this was like one of the first original like Google algorithm changes. I forget what the first one was, but it was like a, it was a big shocking one and people's AdSense income dried up overnight. And I remember thinking, I don't want that to happen to me. And so I got more and more intentional about finding different ways to create uh, income on that, on that blog. Very cool. Adding more to the security of, of, you know, perhaps you were feeling, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I can imagine that you might be feeling like, you know, it's still kind of a new venture and Mm -hmm. it's working, it's working, but what if something shifts like the algorithm change and, you know, it goes away. So, so having multiple income streams feels to me, like it would feel like more security. A hundred percent. And that way I wasn't dependent on any one thing. And I I still have that in my business today because I just believe that that's so very important to have multiple ways that you're getting paid. Obviously, it's what everybody would like, but for some people, they don't. But the key was, and this is so important, Monica, because I had to learn this the hard way, is the difference between being a simultaneous entrepreneur and a serial entrepreneur. So I found myself at times trying to be a simultaneous entrepreneur, or that's where you try to, you try to write the book, do the course, launch the membership site, and you've moved everything 10% and nothing is for sale in your business. And what I had to learn was I got to be a serial entrepreneur. That's where you, you focus on one thing at a time, but you don't stop there. You don't get comfortable there. Once that's launched, you move to the next thing say, now I got to get this thing up and going. And um, I used that same strategy in 2015 when I launched my first self-published book. 
and created the seven income streams from that book in 12 months using that same strategy. And I learned the hard way, but it's so much easier when you are a serial entrepreneur, because I, I see this all the time. It, we, we fall into that trap of trying to be a simultaneous entrepreneur or just try to handle too much at once. And it's a, it's a hard lesson, but it's a good lesson to learn. I think that's so important that you brought that up because that is something I see too. I've worked with a lot of people in the online space now and the the ones that are the most successful, they do have multiple income streams, but they didn't work on creating all of those at the same time. They get one thing going, they focus on that, they learn all they can, you know, get it working really well, and then they move on to the next thing. So I really like that distinction between just checking with yourself, are you a simultaneous entrepreneur or are you being a serial entrepreneur and really focusing on just one thing at a time? I think that's huge. Absolutely. So then I know that that today you blog about blogging and sharing your message and all of that. And so where do you still have the, the career blog and business or did you transition away from that? How did, how did that change occur? Yeah. So I actually just decided to rebrand. So I, I actually rebranded a couple of years ago to jonathanmilligan.com. I just wanted to make it a personal rebrand. And part of that was, and, and it's something that I like to speak a lot about because I needed the permission as well. And, and that's this, that your passions will change over time and that's okay. And I was becoming less and less passionate about helping CPAs and accounting professionals and more and more energized about helping online communicators, messengers. Now, originally those were bloggers. That's where I started with blogging your passion in 2011 is when I launched that. So I did have two businesses running at the same time, but I had a little bit more established audience on the CPA career coach one. But then over time I started, I this whole this whole area of uh, messengers, communicators has just blown up since 2011. Podcasting came along, and I started a podcast. And then, you know, obviously YouTube became more and more popular, and launched a YouTube channel. And then, just this past year, got into a weekly live stream show. And so now today, that's why I've rebranded blogging your passion to market your message because there's lots of ways, there's lots of tools that we have access to that I still say 95% of the population is using the tools today as consuming and not contributing. Now there's nothing wrong with learning and consuming, but there is still a tremendous opportunity for all, for everyone to take that story, that passion, that experience, that skill, that knowledge, and get on the contributor side, start a blog, start podcasting, start a YouTube channel, start doing live streaming and be a help to people. And that's what I'm passionate about today. I love that. So with market your message, you help people take their message, whatever they're passionate about, and then build a business around that. Correct. Yes. And, and an online business and find their tribe and kind of launch it and grow it. So for somebody who's just starting out, what are the first steps that they should be considering if they're, you know, maybe even they're just trying to figure out what their message actually is? What would Got you, it. what would you recommend to them? So they need to discover their message. And I, you know, through, through a journey, it, it took me, you know, 
the whole journey we just talked about to figure this out. But I'm so glad I did because now I can teach it to others and save them a lot of time. I think figuring out your message comes down to three things. Number one, what's your purpose? I believe your purpose is in how you show up best. We all are born with a gift. Some of us are speakers, some of us are writers, some are teachers, some of us are coaches, some of us have you know certain worldviews, and you got to lean into that thing. And it's hard for us to know it. We have to get an outside perspective, but it starts by you understanding your purpose. And what I discovered over my journey, asking a lot of people, getting mentors, getting coaches, was that I was a resourceful teacher, that that was the thing, that was the way I showed up best. So number one, purpose. How do you show up best? What is your gift? Number two is people. Who do you want to serve? You can't serve everybody. You got to you gotta pick. And who are the people you want to serve? And then the third one's passion. And, you know, passion's this very fuzzy thing for a lot of people, right? It's like, what's my passion in life? Am I ever going to discover my passion in life? And I get it. And the passion doesn't have to equal pressure. What I say is that passion, here's an easy definition. What problem are you passionate about solving for the next two to five years? Let's just focus on the next two to five years. And what problem out there in the world are you passionate about helping people solve? Because the truth is, you know, your, your purpose, who you are remains, but your passions change and it's okay. It's okay if five years from now, your business looks a lot different than it does right now, because you'll probably go through five or 10 different passions. I'm no longer passionate about helping accounting and finance professionals. You know, then it was blogging. Well, then I was like, I want to help more than just bloggers. So now it's about online communicators. But here's the thing, Monica, if you look through my journey, all of it goes back to me being steady about being a resourceful teacher. And so your, your, your purpose, your passions change, but your purpose remains. Your purpose will always be with you. It's what's changed us about you. And especially right now with so much change that we've all gone through, we try to find out what's changeless. Well, what's changeless is how you're wired, how God made you, the gifts that you bring, how you show up in a room. You're going to bring that in every situation. That's where you find, I believe, your confidence is just showing up and serving your purpose. I really like that. And your focus on too, that it's okay that your passion will change. That is absolutely normal. And that's something that you yourself had to give yourself permission to accept because I know my journey, I started off in the personal finance space, helping people get out of debt. And then I discovered the wonders of Facebook ads and here we are. And Mm -hmm. I, I know that many other people online building their businesses started off in one direction and then they made a pivot, you know, and have had spectacular growth with that pivot, but just getting started, allows you to really learn, you know, what resonates with you and what feels good to you and where you're really gaining traction and what you're excited about. And then if you need to pivot, it's okay. And totally expect that the pivot may be coming too. And, you know, there, I think it's more rare these days that somebody picks a career and they do that for 30, 40 years, you know, and they stick with that one direction. A lot of times we'll hear even, you know, in the traditional, you know, career world that people who do that aren't, necessarily as happy as Mm. those of us who have, you know, gone to kind of figure out our own path and then give ourselves that permission to make a change 
you know, when it comes up or when we feel like we're being pulled to do something else. Yes. A hundred percent. I agree. So then when did this idea for the book come about? So the book is your message matters, how to rise above the noise and get paid for what you know. So it sounds like this is kind of an evolution of all of your experience to this date and your success with, you know, figuring things out and developing those income streams. And so what really prompted you to write the book? So around 2006, it was either 2016 or 2017, we were doing a big launch. I had a course called Blogging Your Passion University, and it was something we had did a spring and fall enrollment. And I decided to add in live chat to the sales page. And so what I said was I sent a, an email to my list on the day it was closing. And I said, I'm actually going, I have a couple people on my team that are going to assist me, but I'm going to actually be in the chat. I'm, you know, I'm going to be in the chat. I'm going to try to have five or six conversations going on at once. And I will tell you if it's me, if you want to come talk to me personally about your situation, if you're hung up for any reason, you know, and you just need a little bit of advice before you invest in the program, because the program was uh, $1,200, I believe. So yeah, I did that. And here was what was shocking. So first of all, I spent all day chatting, probably had, I probably had four or five chat windows open all day long. I remember I was, we were trying to, I I was thinking I was going to be able to hang up Christmas lights and I started doing it. And I had the, the, the live chat software I was using. I had an app for it on my phone and it just kept blowing up and blowing up and blowing up. And I'm like, I looked at my wife and I said, I don't think, (laughs) I think there's a lot more people that want to chat than I thought. So I totally rearranged my day to chat with all these people. And here's the point. It was none of the questions were about my course. Does your course cover this? Does your course talk about that? Here was the number one thing that I kept seeing over and over again. Jonathan, I think your course works. I just don't believe I can do it. Jonathan, I'm not sure if I'm up to it. Jonathan, I don't know if anybody would pay attention to my writing. Jonathan, I don't know if I'm a good writer. Jonathan, I don't know if anybody would pay me for my advice. And here's what I realized. This was the big aha for me, Monica, and kind of the passion behind wanting to write this book was this thought that people weren't buying my course because they didn't believe in the product. People weren't buying the course because they didn't believe in themselves. And especially in this space of, of online communicators that I speak to who are, you know, creatives, writers, they're speakers, they're thought leaders, they're, they're teachers, they're, they're coaches, they're podcasters. If you can't, if you can't believe that you have a message to share, it doesn't matter what marketing techniques you learn, you can learn them all. Go learn every kind of marketing technique out there. You won't take action because you don't believe that you have the ability to do this. And so my book is kind of an interesting, I think it's an interesting book because it's not just pick it up and there's marketing. It's actually a two-part book. Part one of the book, I would say, is more of a self-development book. And it goes into that. How do I figure out my purpose? What, who are my people? What's my passion? All those things. And then the second half is how do you stand out in a crowded marketplace online? And that's the marketing tactics part of it. Very cool. I think that's so huge that you recognized that that's what was holding people back. I think that that is probably 
something that holds more people back than we know is that they see other people having success, you know, building their businesses, blogging, podcasting, YouTubing, but then they feel like there's this underlying thought of, well, that's great for them. They have this unique characteristic or they've got this amazing personality or, you know, they're very likable and they're great on camera anyway. And so, but they have these doubts about their ability or their potential to, to do it. And it feels like a big risk. Cause I know, I know I've struggled with this myself. It feels like a big risk to put yourself out there when you're not sure if it's really going to work. So what do you say to people who are kind of struggling with that? And I know that, that they'll get that from the book, but what, what would you, what would you share with them today? So the easiest way I can, uh, can explain it is just with a quick story. So in 2019, I did an in-person event and um, we had a bunch of people from all over come to Florida where I live. And we did, you know, back when you did in-person events and we did an in-person event and the night before I was at the hotel where we're, we're holding the event. And I said, you know what? I want to show people my very first YouTube video. And I went way back into the archives and here's the crazy thing. It was exactly 10 years earlier to the date of my live event. I couldn't believe wow. it. I sat wow. back in my chair and I was like, I published my first YouTube video back when I was doing career coaching. And it was like, so the event was like June 19th, 2019. And the video was uploaded June 19th, 2009. And the video was terrible. And that's why I wanted to share it. I wanted to say, I wanted people to see like how creepy I sounded, how terrible I was, (laughs) because we all have to start somewhere. We all have to just kind of get started and figure things out. And I wanted to share that. But here's the point. I started thinking about it and I'm a big back to the future fan. And it's like, if I could hop in the DeLorean and go back to that person in 2009, who's questioning whether or not he should upload this YouTube video, I would love to tap on his shoulder and say, Jonathan, you don't know this, but I just came from the future, like 10 years into the future. And there's a whole room waiting to learn from you. In other words, I want everyone to feel that, that same thing. And here's the point that their future help, the people you want to help depends on your present courage right now, right now. And if, if you don't say it, write it and record it, it may never be heard, read, understood. And so I want people to know that if that's true of my story, somebody who was just a high school teacher, it's going to be true for you. What if 10 years from now, there's a whole room of people wanting to learn, but it all goes back to a moment of present courage when you decided to publish the blog post, record the podcast, upload the video, buy the domain name. So every person you admire, you can trace it back to that moment of present courage where they felt like they didn't know what they were doing. They didn't feel like they were as good as everybody else, but they did it anyways. And that's what I want people to get, at least from the first part of the book, that your message does matter and that there, there's a whole room of people waiting for you to step forward and to have courage in this present moment. That is such a powerful story and such a, such a powerful way to look at it that, you know, think about the people that are 
going to be missing out on the help that you can provide and your Mm -hmm. message if you don't take action. So I think that's something that it's hard for us to visualize before we get started. But if you look about the people, you know, look at the people who are ahead of you, like yourself, Jonathan, and, you know, your other mentors online. Like I think about, I think all the time about Pat Flynn has been such a, you know, huge influential figure in my online business career. And if he did not get started, you know, all those years ago and start sharing the wonders of building an online business, then, you know, I may have never realized that it was possible that normal people like you and me can, can go out and make this happen. And so I'm just so grateful that he did because I know that seeing others, you know, share their messages has really had a profound impact on my life. So I think that's a really great way to look at it. Yeah, exactly. So with, you know, you you kind of touched on, you know, (laughs) this year, we're not necessarily traveling like we used to. And so with, you know, 2020 being as it is, and all the uncertainty in the world of who knows, you know, what's still to come in the rest of this year, and what may happen next year, would you recommend for those who are just starting out Would they, should they get started now? Or should they kind of wait for calmer times? What would what would you say to that? I'd say get started now. I started my blog in the midst of the Great Recession, and I'm so glad I did. I mean, if you think about it, especially my my audience at the time were people without a job trying to get a job. Who would pay me money? And yet they did, and I was able to help people. And so it's easy to come up with the, all the reasons why not to do something. But I, I think, you know, some of the greatest businesses some of the greatest opportunities come in the midst of your greatest challenges. And what I love about what we do, Monica, because I know you've, you've got a history of blogging and, and creating online and podcasting like we're doing right now, is that this can absolutely 100% be started on the side. You can just get started on the side. And that's how it was for me for a long time. Every morning from... I think about 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. before I went to my day job, I worked on my blog. I worked on my business. And, you know, that that was a way for me to say, work for yourself first and then go give your time to your employer. So what's beautiful about this is this can absolutely be started on the side. If even if you're not ready to, to say, oh, I'm just going to quit my job and I'm going to do this thing full time, it can be started on the side. So now is better than ever. Love it. And I, I suspected you might say that. <laughs> But so in the book, you share a four step framework to help people take their message and turn it into a thriving business. So can you share what those four steps are and, you know, where do we, where do we get started with this? So part one of the book is about believing your message. And so we spend several chapters on that of, of, you know, helping you understand why your message matters. And I even get into something that I created called the messenger manifesto. That's just something for us to read every day to help us reinforce that our message does matter. So that's part one. Part two is about defining your message. And that's where we kind of talked about earlier. It gets into purpose and people and passion. In that section, we also have a a 32 question assessment that helps you to identify if you're more of a writer, teacher, speaker, or coach. We call it the influencer voice assessment. And so, you know, your purpose, people, and passion. Our goal in part two of define your message is you to walk away with a single sentence that basically summarizes those things. 
this is my purpose. These are the people I'm supposed to serve. And this is the passion or the problem I want to solve. Part three is market your message. And in that I share what I call the four keystone habits for all messengers. And you got to be able to do these things to, to stand out from the noise and the competition that's out there. And I, I just call them the create habit, the capture habit, the compile habit, and the connect habit. And then part four is about living your message. How do we live it each and every day and serve people? And so, and just keep showing up because all of us start by creating an obscurity. I think we forget that, you know, Pat Flynn kind of started in obscurity. Um, I'm sure you launched your blog and there's probably mom and somebody else who may have commented. I know that was true for me. It's like, nobody's commenting, but we all kind of start by creating an obscurity. And so what's the motivation to help you live out your message each day when you're just getting started? And so those are the four parts. It's again, it's believe your message, define your message, market your message and live your message. So for the market your message point, you mentioned the income streams earlier in our, in our conversation and the book shares some of those income streams, right? It, it takes us through how you've put together those multiple income streams and how we can do it for ourselves. Is that correct? So if we're, if we're not necessarily starting at square one, this book is still going to be beneficial to us. Yeah, a hundred percent. In fact, in the compile chapter, which is what you're talking about. It's all about how do we package our knowledge and experience into multiple income streams. And so the way I like to define it is writer, teacher, speaker, coach. So there's writer income streams. There are teacher income streams. If you love to teach, there are speaker income streams. And by the way, teacher is not you're teaching an online class, like you're, you're teaching traditionally. It's more like online courses, membership sites, stuff like that. Speaker income streams and coach income streams. And so we cover all of that in that compiled chapter. So then how did you turn your first book, you said your first self-published book into all those multiple income streams? So what I did was, it was it's funny because I actually met a coaching client, somebody who asked me to coach them and I was primarily just doing it online. And they said, they, they lived in Orlando. I live in Jacksonville, Florida. And they said, no, I want to pay you and I want to drive up and spend an afternoon with you. So we met at a Panera restaurant and he started describing to me the challenges he was having in his coaching practice. And he felt like a, a Pied Piper. He felt like he was doing everything in his business. He, he, he was just maxed out, but he wasn't getting the, the income that he wanted. And so I, I grabbed a napkin and I said, it sounds like you need something like this. And I started sketching out what I've called now a hub and spoke model. And basically at the center is your message. And around it are all these different ways you can create income streams from that core message. And so I don't know if this ever happens to you, Monica, but I, I walked away that day going, the advice I just gave my coaching client is exactly what I need to do. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> like I just coached him, but I need to be doing this in my business. And about the time I, I had this passion for writing my first book, it was going to be self-published. I didn't think I could get a book contract, like this latest book is, you know, a, a traditionally published book. But back in 2015, I was a little bit unsure. So I said, I'm just going to do my own. So what I did is I started by creating a Kindle book. Then I converted that into a physical book on Amazon. 
and again, this was, I tackled one thing at a time. So I, I only figured out how to do the Kindle book. Once that was launched, then how do I convert this into a physical book on Amazon? And then how do I do an audio book? So there was three income streams. And then the next month I released, re-released an online course that was tailored to the, the outline of the book. And then I opened up for coaching and used the, the, the framework inside of that book as what I would coach people on. Then I created a couple keynotes and was able to get paid to speak at a couple places for just speaking about parts of the book. So it was just parts turned into keynotes. And then exactly the one year anniversary, well, the same month. So I started in October. By October of 2016, I held my first in-person event and it was only 10 people, but they paid a couple thousand dollars to attend a weekend workshop with me. And I taught them what I put in the book. So there's an example of how I was able to create seven income streams, but all from one core message of a book. I absolutely love that because I think, I mean, my, my wheels are turning. I've done some of these things, but I could certainly, you know, be very focused on figuring out which ones, you know, I need to kind of fill in the blanks, but as I like that you also said, focus on one at a time, because that's where, you know, we hear about all these ideas and it's like, oh, I could do this. I could do this. But I like that you reminded us focus on one at a time, because when we're trying to focus on everything, then that's where we're making movement on nothing pretty much. Mm. Right. Yeah, that's so true. And, and I've learned this the hard way. So this is all from the hard way. It's not like I was just, oh, Jonathan's just so good at focusing and, and knowing exactly. No, I'm the guy who has too many ideas and chases too many ideas at once. So I've had to learn to create that discipline. So what are some mistakes? Because you've, you've coached hundreds and thousands of people now and worked with so many people helping them over the years, get their businesses going. What are some of those common mistakes other than focusing on everything or trying to do too many things at once? What else would you say are kind of the common pitfalls, pitfalls when people are diving or going through this process? I've got several because I actually just taught a class on this because I thought it's just so important to cover what those big mistakes were. But I think the first one is people are afraid of niching. They're, they're afraid if I, if I niche down, it's going to be harder for me because there's like, you know, when I first started, I, I, I first started wanting to be a life and career coach. Thankfully, I had a mentor back then who three months in said, Jonathan, you can't do that. You've got to focus. So I said, okay, well, I've got this experience with accounting and finance professionals. I'll be a accounting and finance only kind of person. And that's what blew up my blog and my business. Because if you think about it, if an accountant or a CPA fell on my blog, when it was just, I'm a career and life coach, they would have shrugged their shoulders and moved on. But when they fell on my blog and saw CPA career coach helping accounting and finance professionals, it's like, oh, this is for me. If no one's saying, oh, this is for me, you have a problem. And so not niching down is a big one. Obviously, another one is that whole thing about not believing your message that your message matters. And really it's a confidence issue. And I get it because I'm an introvert by trait, even though I love to teach. And so, you know, sometimes, you know, public speaking or or doing certain things, I, I don't feel very confident, but here's what I've learned, Monica, it's been a help to me that I need to shift my confidence away from me and onto my message. 
So mm-hmm. if the if the message I have, the thing I know how to do, or the thing I've helped others do, if it has the ability to change someone's day or change someone's life, then I need to put my confidence in that. It doesn't really matter what people think of me. And see, what I've learned is when we're so absorbed with ourselves, the ego's in charge because we're we're really you know do they like me do they think i'm funny do they think i'm a good speaker all that is kind of you know we've got the ego in charge at the end of the day it's like i'm going to go speak somewhere and it doesn't really matter what they think of me per se as long as the message is good and i'm going back to a family that loves me cares for me and supports me 100% that's whose opinion matters and so i would say those are a couple of things and then the other one is is dabbling and not dominating, which is a lot of what we've been talking about today. It's just, it's so easy for us to dabble. Remember Benjamin Hardy's book about willpower doesn't work. He said something so phenomenal in that. And it's been, it's just stuck with me. Success is not hard. Success is actually simple. Most people go one step in 10 directions, but success is about going 10 steps in one direction. And so we, we're all doing the same amount of energy but some of us are doing it in a, in a more focused way. And so I see that all the time where what happens, Monica, is these people are, are just getting started, but they're buying courses about membership sites and they're buying courses about something that's down the road. And they're, they're not doing just-in-time learning, which is buying a course on how to set up a website and launch my platform. Like that's, that's the next step. I need to stop buying stuff that's way out there in the future, because right now this is what I need to figure out. So those are some of the big things. I love it. So many good takeaways. I'm starring so many, so many phrases that you're saying. This is really great. Can you share some case studies? Because I know in your book, you share lots of success stories and case studies of people who have gone through this exact framework. So can you just share a couple of maybe some that we might be a little bit surprised about what their message is or that their message really resonated? Do you have any of those that you can share with us today? Yeah, for sure. So I think of the name of Corey Pepler. He has a blog. They believe it's parentingdigital.com. And he has a passion for helping parents manage kids in in a digital world. Like how do you help, you know, our kids are getting phone devices and iPads. And how how do we as parents handle this? We don't understand half of what our kids have access to. Anyways, he has followed those steps and has built a great business. He's got a lot of good things going on. I think of Chad Allen, who used to be in the publishing world, and he spent a lot of time on the other side of the book publishing world. And within the last two years, he's followed a lot and I've mentored him a lot. When I first talked with him, he had a blog up, but he's like, Jonathan, when do I start selling something? And I'm like, yesterday, we got to get something up for sale. And it's so cool to see his multiple income streams he has. He's launched a membership site. He is called Book Camp to help book writers get their books in the world. He's launched Book Proposal Academy who help help people who want to put together a book proposal and put it out there. there. There's so many. And then there's another one that is Linda Cardamas. And she has one called, I believe it's Teachers for Heart or something like that. It's I'm trying to do it off the top of my head. Maybe it'll come back to me. But her whole business is all about classroom management. That's it. So she used to be a teacher and her focus is just Christian school teachers. So she helps classroom management for Christian school teachers. 
And her business has grown so large that her husband left his corporate IT job to come home and work for her. And when I first met Linda, she was trying to figure out how do I even put an online course together? I don't even know how to package that. And she created classroommanagement101.com or classroommanagement101, the course, and it was a success. So there you go. I've had people that are passionate about bird watching, build blogs, traveling, stock market investing. I, mean, I could just go on and on and on. There's, there's opportunity for people in just about anything. I love it. So you are doing a free plus shipping offer right now, right? It's a limited time offer, but people can pick up the book for free and they only have to pay shipping. And so they get the physical book. And so can you explain, explain that? And then if you want to go grab your free copy, you can go to monicalouie.com slash YMM book for your message matters book. So you can grab your free copy, but can you explain why you went that route as opposed to the Amazon launching it on mm-hmm. Amazon. I've seen people do like the Kindle book for free for a few days to kind of get some reviews going there. Why, why did you decide to go the free plus shipping route? And how does that even work from the, sure. from the author side of things? Well, I've never done anything like this before. So it was a, it was an opportunity to learn and educate myself on this. So I have a friend who launches books and he's launched books for so many people. His name's Daniel Decker. He's launched books for Michael Hyatt, Tim Tebow, Anthony Robbins, John Gordon, so many like authors out there. And I've become good friends with them. And I, you know, months before launching this book, I started talking to him. He's like, well, Jonathan, you need to decide what, what's your purpose here. Cause there's lots of purposes. Like if you want to try to hit a bestseller list, there's, there's a whole strategy around that. If you want to get this book in as many hands as possible to kind of expand your base of potential customers, there's a strategy for that. If you want to just be an Amazon bestseller, there's a strategy for that. And so even though this is a, this isn't, this is not a self-published book. So this is a book that's like, there's a publisher and books, you know, it's in the bookstores, it's at Barnes and Nobles, Target.com, Walmart.com, all those places, Amazon included, even though that was true, I needed to decide what was my strategy for promoting this. And so I decided to go with the, the free book plus shipping offer. And the reason why is because I just want to get this book in as many hands as possible. That was really my goal. And so in some ways by doing this and what you do just for people who are curious how this works is basically as the author, you're buying a certain number of your own copies. You're putting them in a warehouse somewhere. And then in, in some ways you're, you're losing money on the initial cost transaction of the book because between you do get an author discount. So I negotiated that, which was nice to know. I actually negotiated stronger on my author discount because I, I wanted to make sure I was able to do a free book plus shipping offer. And then, so while for me, while I'm losing money on that front offer, I'm getting the book into many hands as possible. Plus there's opportunities for people to then purchase other products that go with the book that can help them beyond what a book can do, like an online course and, and challenge and things like that. So you, if you're launching a book, it's helpful to know what is your strategy. And what's cool about this is my initial purchase of books completely sold out and I had to actually buy more books from the publisher. And so it's been working pretty well so far. 
Well, congratulations on that. And I know that it's still brand new. And so go, because right now it's free for a limited time. So go grab your copy right now. I think no matter what stage you are, if you're, you know, flourishing seven figures or you're just getting started, that there's going to be takeaways in this book. I mean, already I've got so many, so many golden nuggets from this interview, Jonathan. I just can't wait to dive into the book myself. And I think this is really going to help me too, as I plan, you know, for, uh, for the coming year, what are those, what are those nuggets that I can fill in, you know, those, those income streams that I can begin to focus on one at a time, but work toward filling in. And so I'm really looking forward to, to reading the book myself and, so any, any last words of advice for those of us who are looking to flourish and scale to seven figures? My last word is just what I, I said a little bit earlier. I, I want you to remember that the people you most want to help, it depends on your present courage right now, that there's this wall of courage in front of you. And on the other side are all these people rooting for you. You might not be able to see them. You don't hear them. You, you, you doubt whether they exist but there's a single rope hanging down from that wall of courage. And you, this is your call, your call to step out and to put your message out there and know that there are people waiting for you, that they want your help, that they need your help. And that would be the, if there's one thing I want people to get from the book, yes, there's all kinds of marketing tactics and, and things that uh, that's how I've run my business for the last 10 or 11 years. But what I want them to believe is that their message does matter. I love it. Great. So I'm going to put all the links in the show notes, but where can people connect with you? Where should they go to grab the book? It's monicalouie.com slash YMM book, but where else can they go to, to check out what you're up to? So marketyourmessage.com is where you can find out a little bit of what we've got going on. And of course, the best place to grab the book is what the link you just shared. You can get the same book obviously elsewhere, but you're going to definitely pay more than you would with Monica's offer. Wonderful. Yeah. Cause it is on Amazon and, and all the bookstores, as you mentioned, but if you want to get it for free, <laughs> then yeah. grab the offer for right now. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jonathan. This has been such a great conversation. I have pages and pages and pages of notes. So thank you so much for sharing all of your experience and your journey and your wisdom with us today on the podcast. Thanks for having me. That was so good. I love Jonathan's message around having present courage. I love that term and using your message to help others. As I've said, I've ordered my book already and I can't wait to read it. So be sure to grab your free copy at monicalouie.com slash YMM book. It's absolutely free. You just have to cover shipping and the physical book will be on its way to you. I want to thank Jonathan once again for joining me on the podcast today and sharing his incredible journey and his wisdom with us. Jonathan and I would love to hear your biggest takeaways from this interview. You can share those with us in the comments at monicalouie.com slash 79 or tag us on Instagram. I'm at Flourish with Monica and he is at Jonathan P. Milligan. And as I mentioned before, you'll find all the links and resources that Jonathan and I mentioned in the episode at monicalouie.com slash 79. Thank you so much for joining Jonathan and me today. If you are ready to scale your business with Facebook ads, then check out my free Facebook ad starter kit. You can find that at monicalouie.com slash guide. The starter kit takes you through these six simple steps to creating campaigns that convert, plus 
There's an awesome checklist so you can make sure you've got everything you need before you jump into the ads manager. And if you're like me, then you appreciate a good checklist. And if you're interested in learning more about how my team and I might be able to help you with your Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest ads, go to monicalouie.com slash WWM. We have information there about our services. As I mentioned, I'll have all the links and resources that we mentioned today in the show notes, and you can find those at monicalouie.com slash 79. If you found this helpful, please leave a rating and review so that more people can find this podcast. It truly helps the podcast get found by more people. And subscribe so that you can be notified when the next episode comes out. Brand new episodes come out every single Thursday. And next week, I've got another great interview heading your way. My guest is the expert in helping entrepreneurs pour rocket fuel on their marketing funnels through the power of automation. This is a fun one. Please join me for next week's episode of the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. That's all for today. Take care, stay healthy, and let's flourish. Flourish.